This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you, whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives. You'll find it all here. Owning a wild animal has become a bit of a fad in some parts of Gauteng. And we've certainly covered the controversial topic of exotic pets many times over the years. Earlier this year, the country was gripped by the dramatic escape of Shiba the tiger. Sadly, the story of this apex predator ended in tragedy. When faced with an impossible decision, her owner, Rossi Erasmus, had to kill his beloved pet. But there are still many unanswered questions. So we went in search of answers. Tiger has escaped from a property in the Walkerville area in south of Johannesburg. It was a story that gripped the world's imagination. An apex predator on the loose. A community living in fear. A 24-hour track and search operation was launched, led by a police special task force. She's being spotted here and there, but she's not yet been captured. After four days of freedom, Sheba met a controversial end. Her owner, Rasi Erasmus, agreed to tell his side of the story. Shiva was a, a very playful cat. Shiva was always boisterous and she got up to the most naughtiest things out there. Shiva was the one that would climb trees and she was full of life. Sheba and her male companion Tyson lived on the 20-acre property in Walker Food Farms for eight years. Originally, they were bought by Rassi's late mother. From the start, I was totally against it um, for various reasons. I mean, it's, it's a heck of a financial impact on your life. But you kept them, why? Um, I promised my mom um, that I would look after them until the day I can't no more. I haven't got children of my own, and I looked after these cats like they were my own children. Every morning they would go into the small enclosure, down about the size of a tennis court, where they, they kept at night was massive, about say five, six rugby field size. So it was massive. I've put double uh, felt pond fencing. So two felt pond fencing against each other. Then plus a, a welded mesh, plus there was a, a electric fencing. And on the inside, we had a razor wire as well. They cut through all these fences. Rassi believes this was sabotage. The Wednesday night, the fences was cut. They were out into the, one of the catchment camps. I battled, got them back in, both Sheba and Tyson. Thursday night, the fences was cut, was cut. Friday morning, I put them back in. Friday night, the fences was cut again, but on different places. I put them back in again. Saturday night, they cut the fences. And then I cut the fence, the, the, the catchment camp fences. And Sheba went out. Tyson was out in the catchment camp. Sheba took a, a different turn. She went out by the whole of the, of the catchment camp. We couldn't enter the property as the police advised Razi to stay away after receiving death threats. The NSPCA's Douglas Volata says the boundary fence does not meet requirements. Those fencing specifications did not stand up to be suitable to keep a, a tiger. It's quite specific and the, the onus rests on the owner because you know you're keeping a highly dangerous animal in your possession. But Razi denies this, claiming the enclosure fences were fully compliant. Within hours of her escape, Sheba the tiger 
had killed a fellow deer and reportedly attacked 39-year-old William Mukwena. He was trying to catch, to catch me in the air on the, on the neck, but I used my feet to fight it out. CPF member Gresham Mandy was the first responder to the attack on Mukwena. I saw him lying here and I could see just by his legs they were quite bloodied. Mandy then took us down to the scene of the attack. The story was that he was walking home, he bent down to tie his shoes, yes. and the next thing Tiger was he felt on top this of weight on and, and a noise and a heavy animal on top of him. Sure. He shouted and shouted, Sonti, Sonti, here's a tiger. Flora Maseko and her husband were inside and ran to help him. When we got there, we found him on the ground. We shone the torches to check around, but there was nothing there. But doubt has been cast over this version of events. This is the spot where William Mukwena was attacked on a Saturday night while walking home. And Rassi's spot is about a kilometer away. He says that the bite marks are not the same as that of a tiger. Shiva's teeth, a tiger's teeth is long. The injury is on his legs. A tiger don't attack the legs. Photos of Mokwena's injuries show what appears to be a bite mark on the back of his left leg, just above the ankle. There are small puncture wounds on his other leg. I mean, there's no claw marks. Believe me what I'm telling you, if a tiger attacks somebody, that's going to be the opening and the end of that business. Mukwena referred us to his lawyer, who declined to discuss the case. Flora claims the tiger returned in the early hours of the morning. The tiger bit the dog behind the ear. We were watching everything happen through the window. Sadly, the dog was in such a bad condition that it needed to be euthanized. Stephen van der Valt is a peace officer for Midval Municipality. There was a lot of concern due to the fact that we had schools in close proximity. We've got livestock all over the place as well. And it was a logistical nightmare for us to search for the tiger because we're covered in such a big area. We all agreed that our first priority is to locate the tiger, then sedate it, and then uh, relocate the tiger. Shooting the tiger was going to be the last, last option. That same afternoon, Tyson was darted by a vet and relocated to Bloefontein Wildlife Park in Mayerton. Owner Gilly Nivote also keeps several big cats, including lions, white tigers and Bengal tigers. Tyson is in a holding camp. He's been through a lot of trauma. And his female is gone, who he's lived with for, I guess, six or seven years. So it's a new environment, and you must first calm him down. That is the right way to integrate this sort of tiger with other tigers, after he's had a fair chance to recover. Tigers will typically cover 10 to 20 kilometers during a night's hunting. Sheba had walked almost three kilometers west when she was spotted on the Wednesday morning. Around about half past one in the morning, I got the phone call that uh, Sheba was here on the farm, attacking and killing dogs, and I was told they must come quick. It doesn't kill to eat, it kills because it's a predator by nature. It's an apex predator. Within this area, 
There's about 16 people living in different homes and there's about 60 cattle. One cannot fathom how dangerous the situation was. We could not get hold of any vet, anybody, the head of the CPF. We could not get hold of the police, the captain in charge. Uh, all these guys were in the area on standby. Telephonically, there was no comms. They tracked Sheba around the farm for almost two hours. Rasi called for her as he always did, but Sheba wouldn't come. The cat outside was a total different cat than what I, what I learned to know in the enclosure. It was a total different cat. Rasi is a registered marksman and was carrying a high-caliber rifle with a telescopic lens. I do not own a, a dart gun and I'm also not allowed to dart because I'm not a qualified vet. Darting of animals of wildlife can only be done by a vet. Um, that's governed in terms of the Veterinary and Para-Veterinary Act. No layperson is actually allowed to discharge a dart gun with a high-scheduled drug. Our attention was drawn to the back of this, of this quarters. There's little windows. When we came here, um, some of the workers drew our attention and said to us, she, she was just here. Tigers always attack from the back. So can you imagine when you're a little search party, three of you are in waist-high bush, covered by trees, looking for an animal that can probably see you, but you can't see it. Eventually, at quarter to four in the morning, Sheba appeared on the lawn behind a house. Rasi was standing about 40 meters away behind a tree, faced with an impossible decision. She came here towards the pond. I was out there by that thick tree um, near to the officers. Yes. So when I spot her, she immediately crouched. I had to make a, a split-second decision, and as hard as it is, I shot her. over here. After I shot her, she slipped into the water. We allowed her to, to pass on. We pulled her from the water, and that's what we all hell started. Like I can't explain it. Um, it's like you're shooting your own child. As much as I love my animals, my biggest fear was her killing a child. Who do you, in your mind, blame for Sheba's death? As far as I'm concerned, there's one person and one person only to be blamed. And that's the guy who went and cut the fences deliberately. Without a doubt, that's who I held responsible. But until the keeping of tigers as pets is outlawed, communities remain at risk. I think change is imminent. I think all the role players have seen that this is a desperate situation and if it's not addressed, it's gonna get worse. Meerkats, lions, tigers. Owning one of these wild animals has become more popular, thanks in part to social media. But the fact remains these animals were never meant to be kept in cages in suburban backyards. Perhaps now as the debate around exotic pets continues, it's time for government to take a closer look at legislation. Hi, I'm Derek Watts and your weekend is not over. Why not start each morning with Carte Blanche, the podcast, a unique story bringing you unique perspectives on the go. You can now take us with you anywhere, anytime. Go on, hit that follow and subscribe button. You know you want to.